Well, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I would invite you to turn to the Gospel of John in chapter 10, the Gospel of John chapter 10, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 10 this morning. If you're watching by live stream this morning and you don't have access to a Bible, don't worry about that. You'll easily be able to follow along with the verses that are posted on the screen for you. We are doing an ongoing study of the Gospel of John, and this is the section that we come to. If you are familiar with the New Testament, you may know that John chapter 10 and the verse 20, first 21 verses, we're just looking at the first 10, but the first 21 verses are well-loved by many Christians. For really, since the beginning of the church, since the finalization of Scripture, um, this section of Scripture has been so... Uh, precious to so many of God's people. In these first 10 verses, however, there have been some misunderstandings and confusion by people who have read these verses. And we want to look at these verses very closely this morning, and I want to explain some of that this morning. So if I could, I'm just going to read for you verses 1 through 10 of John chapter 10. It is Jesus who is speaking. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, has brought up, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now this particular passage of scripture breaks down very easily. The first six verses are about the shepherd of the sheep, and verses 7 through 10 are about Jesus proclaiming himself to be the door. So our first point this morning is the shepherd of the sheep. The context of John chapter 10 and some familiarity with a first century Palestinian sheep pen are both critical to understanding today's passage. If we are to get the fullness out of this particular passage of Scripture, it is very important that we know the context. And secondly, it is important that we at least have some understanding of a first century sheep pen. Let's talk about the context first. Very important. More important than usual, I would even say. And that is because there is no break between chapter 9 and chapter 10. Chapter 9 flows right into chapter 10. There's no time gap. It wasn't like chapter 9 happened here, chapter 10 happened months later. No, it's the same scene. There's no change in circumstances. 
It's the same crowd to whom Jesus is speaking. He continues to speak to the very same people he was speaking in, or he was speaking to in John 9. There doesn't even need to be a chapter break here. Verse 1 follows immediately after chapter 9, verse 41. Some of you probably know this, maybe all of you don't, but our chapter numbers and divisions and our verse numbers are not divinely inspired. In fact, they came along hundreds of years later after the Bible was completed. In fact, the numbers for our chapters and the numbers for our verses were not completed until the 12th century. So in the original manuscripts, many of these places like this, it was just one long writing or story. So, to whom is Jesus speaking? Same people as chapter 9. The disciples are there. The man who was healed, the man who had been blind from birth, who was miraculously healed, he's there. Very important, the Pharisees are there, as antagonistic and hostile as ever. Fourthly, the Jewish people are there, and that is also very important. There's a whole crowd of Jewish people there. Remember, it was the Jewish people who bought, brought the man who was healed to the Pharisees to see what they would say about this man who was healed. And we learned all of this from chapter 9. Also important to the context, and we have seen this throughout the Gospel of John, the Pharisees, and by implication, the Sadducees, the scribes, and the teachers of the law, had set themselves up as the leaders, the leaders of the people. They thought of themselves as the shepherds of Israel. So Christ takes this passage to show them that they are not the shepherds, but that he alone is the good shepherd, and all the rest are thieves and robbers. Now that's the context. Let me share a little bit about the historical setting here. What was a first century Palestinian sheepfold or sheep pen like? In a Palestinian village, there would be a common sheepfold. All the shepherds in that village would have their sheep out grazing on the hillside. But at night, they would lead their sheep into this one common sheepfold. So you might have five or six or more different flocks of sheep, each having their own shepherd. But at night, they would come to this one sheepfold and they would all be intermingled together. And there was a man who was hired to take care of the sheepfold during the night, and he was called the gatekeeper. And all the sheep would be led into the sheep pen, and they would spend the night there, and the shepherds would go home. So they all entrusted their sheep to the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper's job was to shut the door and to camp in front of the door on guard all night long, lest the animals or thieves and robbers would come to steal or slaughter the sheep. Then, the next day, when the shepherds returned, something amazing would happen. A shepherd would come to the entrance of this large sheepfold where there was 
all these flocks intermingled together, and his sheep were there. The shepherd would call each of his sheep by name, and his sheep would know his voice. So even though there were all kinds of sheep from other shepherds, when a shepherd came and called his own sheep by name, they knew his voice, and he called them by name. What an amazing thing. And each of his sheep would come, and he would lead them out of this common sheep pen. Now that brings us to our passage this morning. Jesus declares himself to be the true shepherd of the sheep, and his sheep know his voice. Look at verse 1. Again, it is Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Now, I want to tell you something important, and that's why I spent so much time talking about the context. The sheepfold. The sheepfold represents the people of Israel. Let me say that again. The sheepfold represents the people of Israel who are there listening to Jesus. The thieves and the robbers are the Pharisees who are also there listening to to Jesus, okay? The thieves and the robbers were the Pharisees. And so Jesus says, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Jesus had come to present himself as the sole means of salvation, the long-awaited Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world. And that there was only one way to salvation by grace through faith in the death and resurrection that he would provide. But the thieves and robbers, the Pharisees, and their cohorts in the Jewish leadership tried to climb in another way, over the walls, if you will. They said the way of salvation was to keep the law of Moses, to follow all of their meticulous man-made legalistic rules and regulations and traditions. They were damaging the sheep. They were blinding the sheep to the truth. And he says that those who try to climb in by another way, they're thieves and they're robbers. Think of Matthew 23, verse 13. Some of Jesus' strongest words to the Jewish leaders. Matthew 23, 13, he says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Matthew 23, 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. It's exactly what Jesus is saying here in verse 1. They try to climb in by another way, but everyone who tries to come in another way is a thief and a robber. So Jesus says in verse 2, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The one who goes through the door 
that the gatekeeper opens. He's the true shepherd. There's only one. There's only one true shepherd. And he who enters by the door, that is the true shepherd. And then in verses 3 and 4, to him, to this shepherd, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. It says the gatekeeper opens the door. Who is the gatekeeper? And the answer is we really don't know. All kinds of speculation, all kinds of different ideas, a lot of debate about who is the gatekeeper. Some people think the gatekeeper is the Holy Spirit. Some people think the gatekeeper is John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus and in a sense opened the door. But we really don't know who the gatekeeper is. But we do know this, the gatekeeper represents true biblical messianic authority only the true messiah only the true savior prophesied by the prophets would the gatekeeper open the door for and his sheep hear his voice he calls his own sheep by name he goes before them the sheep follow him why because they know his voice. Folks, I want you to understand this morning so there's no confusion. This is the call of salvation. This is the voice of the shepherd calling for salvation. When a person hears the gospel and they come under deep conviction and they realize for the first time in their life that they are sinful and only Jesus can save them by his death and resurrection. When they realize that, when they are so convicted, they are ready by prayer to invite Jesus to come into their life. In essence, they hear the voice of the shepherd. They know the voice of the shepherd. They know this is the truth. Now, obviously, I don't mean they hear an audible voice, but you know what I mean. They know it's time. We've been there. Most all of you have been there. You're in a small group. You're in a church service. You're in an evangelistic meeting and the gospel is presented. And some, for some people there, it's just like, oh, that nice talk, nice message. But for some, man, they're squirming in their seats. They're, under, they're just under deep conviction. Many of you have been there. They know they need to get saved. They, need, they know they need to receive Christ as their Savior. They're ready. They're ready to make a decision for Christ. In essence, they are hearing the voice of the shepherd. I remember a specific incident years ago. It was near Easter, and I had just, in my message, given a very simple gospel presentation. And afterwards, a young man came out to me and he said, oh, Pastor Tim, it was like you were preaching right to me today. Now, there were probably over 500 people at that particular service. 
And he says, it was as if you were just preaching to me. And these are his exact words. He said, it was as if I had a bullseye on my forehead and you were directing everything at me. He said, I know you weren't, I know you weren't, but it felt like you were looking right at me and preaching only to me. Of course, I didn't even know he was under conviction or anything. And folks, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit using the word of God and he was under deep conviction. In essence, he heard the voice of the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. And then it says he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. Did you know that in the first century, the vast majority of shepherds around the world drove the sheep They would get behind them and they would drive them. They would drive them to different pastures. But in the Middle Eastern culture, they did it differently. They shepherded differently. They didn't drive the sheep, they led the sheep. The shepherd would get out in front of the sheep and lead them. He would check the territory. He would guard and protect his sheep. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. You know why they follow him? Because they know his voice. A beautiful picture of this, slightly different context, but a beautiful picture of this, is the resurrection of Jesus in John chapter 20. Jesus rises from the dead and he appears to Mary Magdalene. And Mary doesn't recognize him at first. But Jesus says one word. One word. Do you remember what it is? He said, Mary. She said, Rabboni. Teacher. What did Jesus do? He called her name. She didn't recognize him at first, but she knew his voice. She goes, Rabboni teacher, master, Lord is what she was saying. She knew it was her shepherd. In verse 5, it says, a stranger they do not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Sheep have the amazing ability, a gift from God, that if it is not their shepherd, they run. Something else amazing happens when we come to the true shepherd we begin to recognize false teaching. You've been there. All of a sudden you are being taught the word of God and you begin to recognize false teaching. You hear a false teacher and you know that's not right. Or you hear some preacher on television and he says something that you think, man, that's not right. That isn't in accordance with the scriptures. You know that doesn't come from the voice of your shepherd. You know that. I want to say this this morning. One of the evidences, one of the evidences that you are truly born again, that you have truly had a conversion experience, is that you recognize false teachers and false teaching. That's one of the evidences. If you're asking yourself, I wonder if I'm truly saved, one of the evidences is you recognize false teachers and false teaching. 
Well, in verse 6, it says, This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, specifically in the context here, those who didn't understand were the Pharisees. They didn't understand what Jesus was saying. What Jesus has been using in telling them about the shepherd of the sheep and the gatekeeper and the sheep pen, it is he was telling or using a form of language known as a paramaya. A paramaya. You don't need to know that word, but it's important here. It is similar to a parable, but it is not a parable. A paramaya has one general spiritual truth, a very important spiritual truth. And the truth that Jesus is conveying here is that he is the true shepherd of the sheep. He is the only one who has the biblical messianic authority to call the sheep. And when the sheep realize who he is, they hear his voice. And they follow him. The reason I tell you about this, this paramoia, is because the English Standard Version, which I'm preaching from, has it just right. It calls it a figure of speech. That's what it is. It is a figure of speech. And because it is a figure of speech, we are not to dissect every detail. We are to get the main spiritual truth. So, for example, folks, it doesn't matter if we know who the gatekeeper is or not. It doesn't matter who it is. We know the gatekeeper only allows the one with true messianic authority to come into the sheepfold. So don't try to dissect every detail, but get the main spiritual teaching that Jesus is presenting. He is the rightful shepherd of the sheep. Well, that brings us to our second point this morning. He says, I am the door. In verses 7 through 10, Jesus changes his self-description from being the shepherd of the sheep to being the door to the sheep pen. Now, see, these are where some people get confused and struggle with these first 10 verses. I mean, they get way too caught up in, like, who is the gatekeeper and... They get confused between verses 1 through 6 and verses 7 through 10. So in the first six verses, Jesus says, I'm the shepherd of the sheep. Now he's saying, I'm the door. First he said, I'm the shepherd that goes through the door. Now he's saying, I'm the door. They're like, which one is he? And the answer is, he's both. And here's the key. The first phrase of chapter, excuse me, of verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, So Jesus again said to them, he's changing the subject, if you will. He's in the same vein, but he's coming at it from a different perspective. So first, he is the shepherd of the sheep, and the gatekeeper opens the door for him. That is true, but also in his role as Messiah, he is the door itself. Both are true. You don't have to try to figure out why he said one and than the other because they're just two different roles that he plays in our salvation. So Jesus said, again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. He's now saying, I am the only way to the sheep. 
I am their only way of salvation. They must come through me if they want to be saved. This is John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It is Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. I am the door of the sheep. And in verse 8, it says, or Jesus says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Now remember, he's speaking here to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people. And he says, all who came before me were thieves and robbers. The whole history of Israel, if you know your Old Testament, you know this, is filled with false teachers. False teachers who led the people to abandon God and to worship false idols. Israel's history is filled with false teachers. There were false teachers in the New Testament times. There are false teachers in our time. All who came before me, Jesus says, are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. All throughout the history of Israel, there's always been a remnant. No matter how many Israelites abandoned the Lord, there were always a remnant of Jewish people who stayed true to the Lord who believed in the one true God, who were looking forward to the coming Messiah, there was always a remnant. And out of the many Jewish people to whom Jesus ministers, as we see in the New Testament, some were coming. The true sheep were coming. And even in our own day, even in our own day, with all the false teaching and false narratives out there, people are being saved. They're hearing the gospel and they're coming to Christ. All who came before me, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9, I am the door. I am the only way of salvation. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. One way to be saved, and that is by entering the true door. Now, I want to share something with you, and it's helpful in understanding this. Jesus presents himself as the door to tell us that in salvation he is, he is the only means of salvation. And he says, not only will you be saved, but you will go in and out and find pasture. Wow. Not only do we come to salvation through him, but we go in and out and find pasture. It's Psalm 23. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in green pastures. He walks with me through the valley of the shadow of death. He's always guiding the sheep. Let me give you just a little bit of historical background here. Sometimes after the shepherd would take his sheep out of the one big common sheepfold in the middle of the village, he would take them out for long periods of time. He would need to find more green grass, more place to feed the sheep. So sometimes he would be gone with his sheep who knew his voice for days at a time. When he did that, 
At night, he would build a temporary sheep pen. He would build it of stones or branches or whatever he could find, and then he would leave an opening, and he would lead the sheep into the opening of this makeshift sheep pen. And you know what the shepherd would do at night? He laid down in front of the door. He was the door. He laid down in front of the door so the only way a sheep could get out was they would have to crawl over the shepherd and he would know. He would know. But what's important for us is this temporary shelter, this temporary sheep pen represents all the blessings of our salvation. We go in and out and find pasture through the one true shepherd. This is a reference to the peace that passes all understanding, to the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, to our adoption, to our justification, to our righteousness, to all aspects, to the abundant grace that is ours. We sang about unmeasured grace this morning. It refers to all of that. And the shepherd leads his own sheep out so that they might experience the full blessings of belonging to the shepherd. Which leads us to that great verse, verse 10. A verse that probably many of you have memorized. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Oh, the Jewish religious leaders and all the false teachers who come after them. They come only to steal and kill and destroy. Oh, but not Jesus, not the one true shepherd. He comes that you may have eternal life, both in quality and in longevity, that you might have eternal life and have it abundantly. Folks, you don't just have a little bit of the blessings of God. You have them in abundance. Every blessing of your salvation you have to the max, to the full, residing in you by means of the Holy Spirit. Now, it takes you a lifetime to learn about those and to experience all that is yours in Christ, but they are all always yours, and you gladly follow your shepherd who saved you, and you go in, and you go out, and you find pastor, pastor because you know your shepherd's leading the way and protecting you. Jesus says, I am the shepherd of the sheep. And then he says, I am the door. Well, as we close this morning, let this be a reminder to all of us. We must diligently continue to preach the centrality of Christ for both salvation and sanctification. I know we say it a lot, but Jesus is everything. He not only saves you, and yes, he saves you, seals you as his own, but he is also the source of your sanctification. Sanctification simply means the process by which we grow in our Christian faith as we mature in our faith and grow up in our faith. You see, Jesus is every aspect of our life. I love 1 Corinthians 1, verses 30 and 31. I've shared this with you in the past. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in all the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31, it says, And because of him, because of God, who saved you, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, 
righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Think of what Paul is saying here. Your wisdom is Christ. Your righteousness is Christ. Your sanctification is Christ. Your redemption is Christ. These are not vague theological concepts floating out in the air and you're saying, <coughs> excuse me, let me get a little wisdom, let me get a little righteousness, let me get a little sanctification, let me get a little redemption. No, no, no. You have them all because you have Christ. Christ is your wisdom. Christ is your sanctification. He is your righteousness. He's everything you need. He's your shepherd. He's the door of your salvation. And I say to you this morning, stay close to him. Stay close to him. Stay close to the shepherd and let him lead you. Let him protect you. Let him keep you safe. I tell you this morning, Jesus loves and cares for us. Jesus loves and cares for you more than you will ever understand. He does. Now you may be thinking this morning, Pastor Tim, you're talking about the Jewish people and Jesus calls them to salvation. What about us? What about us Gentiles? Well, that's next week. Drop down to verse 16 real quick. Jesus says, watch this. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. That's next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you that Jesus is our great shepherd. Thank you. Father, thank you that he knows our names and we know his voice. Help us to stay so close to him and to trust him with every area of our lives. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.